Welcome back to the Sunday session. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Craig Wing and Voice of the People, Kenny Scott, to discuss the second and final bye week. Gentlemen, thanks once again for being here. Good to be back. Always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure. And we've got plenty to talk about, despite there only being four games. Plenty, plenty of drama, plenty of talking points, plenty going on. Um, we're going to work backwards through the round, as always, and then finish off with some origin chat as well. Um, kick it off with the Sharks and the Broncos game, which this was quite a wild ride, really. The uh, Sharks, their third straight week, they've scored more tries and lost the game. Hmm, <laughs> interesting one, that one. But um, I was really happy to see the Broncos win. Yeah, uh, the most ex- inexperienced Broncos side ever. Is that right? I think by games, the 2002 Broncos had them, but it was, uh, yeah, certainly right up there for the least experienced of all time. Yeah, look, I, honestly, I thought um, certainly the inexperience showed throughout the game. There were a lot of rookie errors, so to speak, from a lot of number of players. But I think the uh, the enthusiasm that the Broncos showed really really got them home in the end. Um, some some promising signs for the for the young guys there. Um, special shout out to Xavier Coates. Yeah. yeah, should have got two tries, but he got his first NRL try, which was uh, which was pretty good. He looked pretty good out there. Um, I think the young centre winger combinations that the Broncos had was right from the get go. The the Sharks were attacking that, and they were making a lot of yards, and they were getting a lot of a lot of joy there. But um, for some reason, they just didn't maintain it through the whole game. Mm, yeah, those new look edges for Brisbane were a little bit flimsy. The, the Sharks had some joy there, certainly in the, the first half or the early part of the second. Um, I can't really offer an e- a reason why they would um, let them off the hook like that. But you know, as, as the game wore on, I guess Brisbane, sort of like you said, the enthusiasm just kind of um, started to, to seep in. And you know, Sharks had a lot of problems, but Moylan and uh, Johnson for the second week running both had pretty off games. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was really waiting for the for the Sharks just to roll over them but they didn't but uh, there's, a, there's a number of guys out there for the Sharks that are looking looking pretty busted I know Gallon went off um, Moylan went off with a hammy yep. um, Johnson got taken off but just looking at him throughout the whole game he looked like he was just trying to get through the game he didn't look like he was sharp or uh, like he didn't look like he wanted to run so maybe there's there's something else there but um yeah, disappointing loss for the Sharkies. What was the deal with Townsend and his kicking game? Is there anything behind that, or did he just have the yips tonight? Because he the missed, goal kicking. Yeah, the goal kicking. Yeah, what? Well, I, I don't know. Like he's last usually week pretty it was solid. Sean Johnson just, who missed all three. Yeah, and then Townsend missed. What, so if he if he'd banked all of those conversions, it would have been well like a six or eight point win. I think he missed a fair chunk of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a real shame. Well, he missed four, and then Flanagan came on in the last twenty. I think at dummy half for for Braley, and he came on in time for the last conversion, which he yeah. got. Yeah, probably like none of them were gimmies. That was probably the easiest of the the mm. lot, but it was still. Wide-ish, like they're all Jeez. out wide. But yeah, that'd be a, yeah. that'd be a, that's a t- those kind of losses are tough. Yeah. yeah, as a fan, yeah, those things are hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's some work to be done there, but um, promising signs for the for the Broncos. I, I really liked um, O'Sullivan and Turpin as a half yeah. halves combination. Turpin was really good. Um, Turpin's got good structure, good kicking game. O'Sullivan quite an attacking half, so they complement each other well. I think it was a bit a bit sad to see O'Sullivan go off at halftime. Yeah because uh, he was having a, a pretty good impact on the game. But, um, yeah, some good signs there. But the Broncos, they seemed pretty hard to handle. Um, mm. Payne Haas was good again. Yeah, he had a Pengo great game, was I thought. Good. Lodge was, was pretty good as well. It's Pango's best game for a while. Yeah. Yeah. McCulloch, I, I, I think 
The Broncos really need a hooker getting out. Um, McCulley got out pretty early, and then Seguiaro, when he went in there, he was a bit creative around the around the hooking position. I think McCulley went pretty good when he had to go in as a mm. la, you know last minute stand-in halfback. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think um, if if the Broncos can encourage the hooker to get out and and ball play a little bit, I think um, they look like a much better team. Last last week we. We were speaking about whether the Broncos needed to buy their way out of this problem or if they had like a big crop of juniors coming through. And I think this game sort of showed that they, they do. And it's just mm. about how they develop them because they were pretty good. They were, yeah. Like, yeah, like you said, high energy. And um, I mean, they beat the Sharks, right? That they, they yeah. They're a pretty good, pretty good lot. Yeah. And the, like the, those rookie errors, those guys will look at it and they probably won't make a few of those mistakes again. Mm. Uh, defensively, they were a little bit weak on the edges, but that was just a little bit of indecisiveness. They were. I was sort of half coming up and then pausing and then trying to back off, which is that's an easy fix as well. Uh, but but the Sharks made a lot of a lot of uh, yards down down the flanks, but that that could be fixed pretty easily just with a bit of training. Was mm. this fielding of the baby Broncos, baby Broncos point two, um, the point two point oh, uh, was this forced or forced from Seabold, or do you think there was a bit of was he trying to put pressure on some more established guys or maybe even pressure on the Sharks, knowing that coming up against such an inexperienced team, they, like, you know, it sh- they should win? Um, or was this just he had no other options and had to put all these young guys in? I don't think there's too many experienced guys who are available that he didn't right. pick. Because, I mean, there's something like four in origin and I think Jermaine Ozarko's got some personal leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a few kind of senior guys missing or, or injured. So pretty much all the, the young guys that came in were, were pretty much forced. I think um, Sean Fensom dropped off the bench on game day. He's obviously a veteran. He, he could have played instead of one of the other forwards, but basically all their, you know, the, the changes were forced. Right. Just looking at some um, numbers here, Wingy, you mentioned that you're not 100% sure that Johnson is um, completely, you know, on top of his game at the moment. Three runs... The whole game, he played 66 or so, 76 uh, minutes before he was hooked, only three runs in all that time. Um, does that speak to he's potentially a bit worried about a, a quad or a, a hammy or something? Yeah, I, I did see that he had a, a thermoguard on, on his left leg or one of mm. his legs, so whether it's a quad or whether it's a hammy injuries, but um, he didn't really look like he wanted to, to gas it at all at any stage, even, even when, he was, uh, when he had the ball in hand or even when he was kick chasing, so... I think there could be something there, maybe. Mm. We had 10 or 11 tackle busts last week. I mean, mm. he didn't have a great game, but he was running a lot more last week than he was yeah. this week. And uh, just a word on Kyle Flanagan, who um, basically played that game as a, a bench hooker. You, I don't know if he's even going to be available next week because he had that incident late in the game where he need Matt Lodge in the head. And Was that uh, deliberate? Yeah. That, well, I, cause I mean, he, I like, cause that, the angles, all the angles I saw was, you know, close right in where all you can see is knee and head. And, yeah, knee makes contact with head, but... Mm. From that angle, I couldn't tell if it actually gone in to hit him in the head or if he just, you know, was walking towards him and accidentally clocked him one. I don't think it was like that old school Greg Bird 16 suspension, whatever it <laughs> on was. Really. Is that on yeah. Shane Martin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty brazen to, to have a crack at oh, yeah. that <laughs> from a little hooker. Uh, got, to back his, it. Uh, yeah. got to back his spark if he's going to do that on um, purpose. Can we, can we talk about the uh, Xavier, Xavier Coates and this, yeah. his no try that you mentioned when you, yeah. you think mm. should have been a try? Can that can that possibly be the most uncertain bunker decision ever? Didn't sound 100% convinced. Well, I think that whoever the video ref was, they led with 
Xavier Coates knocks it into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was really. Just, I've never heard the bunker deliberate yeah. like that. It was. Uh, that's one for the books. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'd have to you know go in and zoom up on close up to a cap. There was a little bobble into J Moz, yeah. but one of those real time ones, you just think try. Certainly yeah. deserved yeah. to try, didn't it? Yeah, he looks really good in the air, and those kicks were pinpoint. Yeah, well, I mean, regardless of the decision, you got to say that Xavier Coates looks like he's going to be one of those, I guess, you know, Falau English style prospects in the. Um, in the owner, we sort of get a bit carried away labelling someone as the next someone else, but um, he certainly was very good in the air, as, as those guys were when they were coming on the scene. Um, shall we move on to the previous game, which was the Knights and the Warriors um, on Saturday night? Now, I wasn't too enthralled by the first half of this one, but things got a bit crazy in the last 20 or so minutes. <laughs> I love Warriors games. They are just like, how can, what's not to love about them? They might not be, in terms of quality, well... There's, they're, they're, high, they're high quality in, in terms of like speed and excitement. And but entertainment. Def- in entertainment, yeah, which is what it's all about. Um, and this, this one had all the elements of a classic Warriors match in terms of some really uh, dumb mistakes and, and poor yeah. decision-making, but some man, some exciting passages of play as well. Mm. Tell us about your favourite moment of the game. My favourite <laughs> moment of the game. I couldn't... I absolutely could not believe what I was watching. The Warriors <laughs> finally got themselves up um, 24-20. It's the last minute. They get the ball. They just have to play out one set and roll it into touch, and they can't be beaten. That's all they have to do is just hold the ball. And Isaiah Papali'i in his own end, <laughs> fighting for a quick play of the ball, scrambling, like jumps to his feet. The ball pops out. He loses it. Suddenly the Knights have got the better part of a full set to try and steal the game. I'm just like, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Oh, crazy, That's crazy how they create stuff. that entertainment and, and that's could you all, they're all being, doing it for you could you imagine <laughs> being the coach at the Warriors a co- part of the coaching staff oh man Jeez. like we were all laughing at Craig Bellamy last week and that epic <laughs> yeah. meltdown that and he had scream. because I think <laughs> it might have been Addo Carr pushed a pass like yeah. what would he do if in that like I'd love to see yeah, it yeah, I mean you yeah. probably wouldn't see that from a Melbourne team but geez that real I, coach killer I, I, I was I was glad to see the Warriors get up I mean they had a little bit of a few things go against them there was that um Fusatua's no try early on from the Nicarima fumble, but that that could have been a. Is that a is it normal one. for them to go back that far? Because that was about four passes. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you maybe can go back to the start of the play, which yeah. is where so the just, play starts. So it's tackle to tackle, really. Because yeah. yeah, I was really disappointed. I thought that was a great try um, to get it down. Disappointing that they went back for the for the fumble there. I thought mm. he got away with it. And they I mean, it's still it's a correct decision. Like he did. Oh, of course, it, yeah, he knocked it on blatantly. Um, but they they also had. Mamalo's no try. Yeah, I did not Probably agree with yeah. that one. Should have been a try. That's that a real shame. I was, I was surprised that the the video ref didn't go back to the front on view mm. um, because I think that that really showed it. And then there was the Adam Blair where they called it a six again from the tackle when it should have been. Mm. Was it not knock been on from Lino? Yeah, yeah, and then they they went and scored. So it was good that uh, good the Warriors came away with it in the end. But geez, they they made it hard for themselves. Mm. I think there was a short kickoff in the last minute where. Well, the last minute or two, when I think Newcastle got the ball, and I thought they knocked it on in the challenge as well. Yeah, oh, I thought um, the second uh, Mamalo try with just the like five really really fast passes, mm-hmm. like, that were that was fantastic. Yeah, as Peter well. Hicko. Yeah, Peter Hicko mm. showed great hands on a. On and then more also, than one wasn't there another talking point where Hicko yeah, Hicko was uh, concussed in the in the defensive line at one play point, and the play wasn't scored. stopped. I don't know what's the protocol around that as well. Apparently, yeah. the ref has to tell. Oh, no, the the the, the, um, the trainer. trainer trainer has to yeah. tell the ref 
but the, the ref pretty much almost tripped over him. Yeah, well, yeah. look out we for had to more updates on that this week, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they got criticised after, was it the Nene McDonald yeah. ankle injury where mm. they, they played on? So, yeah, I, I do like that we're not sort of stopping for every vague, you know, calf yeah. cramp or whatever, but there's got to be, I guess, better judgment for... You know concussions and, and serious injuries. Yeah, I've got to give some. Uh, I've got to give some credit to the Knights, given yeah, the number of guys that they had out. Um, I thought that they just looked like a better drilled team than the uh, than the Warriors. Um, for me, I feel like the Knights are more aware of their game. Um, they can. They're starting to learn how to feel the changes in momentum and try and capitalise on it. And it looks like they know what to go back to. Um, so you know. Those guys performing the way they did without their without their origin players, you can see why they've got the the ingredients to be a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Mann's had some great moments at both mm-hmm. halfback and fullback in the past fortnight. Uh, Connor Watson's had a few good weeks, yeah. and you put Pierce and Ponga back in that team. Suddenly, you've got Watson and Mann plus Mason Lenor, who's growing into that five eighth role, and one of them's almost got to miss out. Yeah. So. And I think I think a lot of that's got to do with Piercey. Mm. He's I think he's the guy bringing all the structure and, and, and the roles to every every position on the field. He's doing a great job of it. I spoke to him when I saw him uh, at Origin Training through the week and he said he, he really enjoys the leadership role up there at Newcastle and he's really fighting hard to try and try and leave a legacy up there, mm. which is uh, yeah, which is really good for them. He seems to be really embracing just the the team and the town and the crowd, and, you know, the fans and the, everything that, that goes on up there, which is um, a great signs for for him do and you, the club. Do you get brought into Blues camp as like former, you know, former legend Craig Wing? Show you how to do it. Uh, now I get brought into Blues camp as as a, as a hanger runner right? <laughs> that hangs out with the autograph and, and watches watches training and drinks beers. Cor- ah, right, corporate schmoozer. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. There's a job I could do if only I'd ever been good at sports. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Friday night game, I quite enjoyed this one. Uh, Kenny, I don't know your thoughts so much, but the Roosters uh, outlasted the Tigers. But I thought a lot of good signs for both teams. I really liked um, a lot of stuff that Benji did in this one and Ryan mm. Madison uh, keeps going from strength to strength. It probably wasn't you know, too bad from the Tigers. Mm, yeah, so I, went, I tracked out to Bankwest for this one. I don't know. Like you, you can never expect. It's, I, I never would have expected the Tigers to be able to beat the Roosters, but because it was the Origin period and they're still missing Tedesco and Corner, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I dared to dream, so I was probably. Um, I was quite. I was just quite down on it all afterwards. But I mean, the Roosters are an amazing team. The Tigers, yeah, did some pretty great stuff. Like those two tries after halftime. I, I was. Uh, like I love that sort of stuff. That's, that's, I like it when the Tigers yeah. can do those quick fire um, plays, and um, just a shame they couldn't hang on. Yeah, Benji's going really well. Um, I think there's rumours that they've just started the nego- like the contract negotiation period for next year, which is amazing. Yeah, that, that he mm. might stick around. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly doing some good stuff, and they've got him cheap, haven't they? I believe so. Yeah, I think he's like one of the cheapest on the roster. Yeah. yeah. But I I like watching Benji play. It's just um even when he makes mistakes or anything like that, it's it looks like he really is in a stage of his career where he's just enjoying himself and doesn't let anything mm. get to him too much. But uh the half that he was up against, Luke Kiria, it was good to see him yeah, back, yeah. back to his creative self, really 
imposing himself on the game and and really bringing Latrell into the game too. I thought Latrell had some good touches and and they were probably the two standout guys for the Roosters. I think Latrell was pretty fired up. Yeah, he he had some. He it seemed he had a point to prove and he certainly did. Scared the life out of Henry. Perrin. Yeah, I don't know if he's that try. <laughs> but Jeezy, when he goes looking for the ball, he's such a he's yeah. so more dangerous, mm. and particularly when he pops up in in other parts of the field. Uh, he's such a weapon there. I think he really needs to for his own game and his own develop it, development. He really needs to do do a lot more the, more of that stuff. Um, probably a couple of mentions in, on the Tigers side to um, Corey Thompson had yeah, a couple yeah, of unhappy yeah. moments, but I just he, love, he more than made up for it. Yeah, I, I just love his enthusiasm, mm-hmm. his tenacity. Um, he he plays well above his weight. I reckon he's weekend, shades, of, shades of Brett Hodgson. Yeah, in like just that little this yeah. little rag doll mm, in the like, yeah, that, yeah, just just getting it done. He had nine or ten tackle busts again. He had yeah. sixteen or something in the game earlier in the season for a small bloke. He's yeah, uh, he's, he's hard to handle. Yeah, I think there's something that has to be said for the Tigers. How they just it seems like these days they just don't give up. They just keep playing until the end, trying to score tries, and uh, probably a lot of that has to do with uh, with Michael Maguire. Mm. So uh, they continue to build, um, and you know they've still got some, still got a way to go there. But um, what they're doing is pretty good at the moment. All right. So this is me looking you dead in the eye yeah. with all my hopes and dreams resting on the answer to this question. Yeah. Do you think they can make the finals this year? The fi- I reckon they could make the finals if they get Do it together. Do you reckon they, but they will make the but finals this year? <laughs> No, I don't. Everybody know. can make the finals. <laughs> Will I they make I, the I think, I think it'd be touch and go for them, but I definitely don't think they could win the comp. Yeah, no, I, don't, you know, I definitely <laughs> don't think they could win the comp. Really. <laughs> not not the when you haven't tasted finals since 2011. All I want is yeah. a top eight. Just, uh, like, a, <laughs> just one final just, game. Just, uh, uh, just uh, the uh, hope. Yeah, a, a week one loss is fine with me. I just want to mm-hmm. be there. They well, do have some guys in their team going from strength to strength. As you said, Ryan Madison, that, yep. uh, that yeah, try that, that he, try that he scored was pretty good. He's just, he seems like he's getting bigger and stronger. Yeah, he's just got rid of everyone. Yeah. He's bounced yeah. off about five blokes on yeah. the way to the line there. It was yeah, super impressive. I, I thought the, um, at the stadium, the Roosters fans were really, really loud. Really? Yeah, so Strange. much more than... I well, there was Roosters fans out at well, this, this is what, like, without, without being, you know, without wow. pulling out that classic, like, yeah, the Roosters had no fans thing. Like, so I was at the Bankwest for the Souths game the week before, and the Borough was there, and they were doing their chants and everything. But I noticed the Roosters fans at, on the, for Friday's match because they were that much louder than the Borough. They were, oh, there seemed to be more really? of them. Maybe they just had more drums. They could afford more drums to bang, <laughs> um, more fancy drums to bang. But they were quite organised and quite loud and... Um, they uh, certainly you know, got the job done. Well, there you go. Mm. Well done, Roosters fans. Um, the round kicked off with the Dragons in the storm in some pretty horrible conditions. Um, sit down in Wollongong again? Yeah, so it was. All that rain. Yeah, that was, uh, didn't, uh, it was a good one to be home at the, on the couch for. Um, storm just a little bit too good in the end. Yeah, I think the, I thought the, the Dragons tried pretty hard. Mm. Um, and they went, they went toe-to-toe for a while there, but... Same old, same old for the Storm. They just hang in there and they're just too polished and too well drilled and they know where they, you know, when things start to go a bit sideways, they know their default pattern that they go back into. Uh, and they usually, if they don't come away with a win, they go pretty close. But this time, obviously, they got across the line. Special shout out to one of my favourite players, Brandon Smith. Yes. He's a tenacious little thing, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. he, just, he just keeps turning up, but just has no, uh, no self-preservation. Mm. Um, he's really good to watch. Don't you think that uh, Melbourne 
Melbourne seemed after the the first uh, St George try was really easy, un un Melbourne like. So I, I was un Melbourne like to let that in. So I thought, okay, the Dragons might be on here. And then it seemed the, the, the Melbourne were really dominant for almost the rest of the match, but for some reason somehow weren't ever really far in front. It was, it was there was about yeah. two points between both teams for most of the game. And I found that really surprising. Yeah, and there was a there was a moment where Cameron Smith. There was a little phase where Cameron Smith really stepped up. And took he could sense it. He really stepped up, took control of the game, finished off their sets with some good, good fifth tackle kicks, uh, and really just consolidated that win for them. I felt. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't have a, if you didn't have of, of the guile of someone like Cameron Smith, there it really could have gone the other way. And uh, probably the most origin effect game of the weekend. Dragons were missing heaps on top of guys like you know Widdop and, and so on already being out injured. I think James Graham's still out. So a few mm. senior guys missing on top of the origin guys being out. Storm were missing a heap as well. But of all the guys that came in, I think Billy Walters is the one that yeah. really grabbed me. Um, it's been a big story through the week. Sort of the the emotion around getting his you know his debut jersey handed to him by his dad um, Kevin, who's obviously coaching the Maroons at the moment. Yeah. But just uh, I think he's 25, so he's sort mm. of been plugging away in. Q- Cup but yeah. playing really well and some of his defensive moments yeah. like he just really was putting guys on their backside oh that was especially that one on the line who was it against uh, it's one he drove you and Aitken backwards yeah. there's another where the oh. winger came in and he just built him underneath yeah. the goalpost and drove him back mm. defence is good that's always a good sign from a half but I thought he also had some some really good touches throughout the game too yeah, he really made the most of his opportunities so, mm. um, yeah it was a, good to see him come up with a good debut who, who was that Dragons player that gave away the uh, what became the match-deciding penalty for the Dragons? The host? Oh, Jacob Host with the escort penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I thought that was pretty clear-cut. I, I thought it was a, like, it was, that was a penalty. Yeah. But one thing I think is becoming abundantly clear is that if Melbourne are in a tight game, as, the, as time wears on, then that was in the last five minutes, I think, that penalty, mm. they are somehow going to extract a penalty from you, somehow. And it's either going to be you're going to give it away, like, Jacob hosted, or they're just going to pull one out from under you like they did to Victor Radley mm. um, the other week. So why would he... Like, there was no chance that whoever who was cut, like chasing for, I think, Pappenhausen or someone. I think, I think Jerome Hughes. Jerome Hughes, yeah. There was, there was no chance that uh, he was going to get there. Dufty had a big head start on why, him. Why would... I mean, I guess you're probably in more of a position to answer this than CK or I are. <laughs> why would you even bother... It's Put, just, like giving away that kind of penalty. But do you know what it is? It's it's just the it's the pressure of the moment, and it's almost like it seems as though Melbourne train to get into those moments where it's where it's a tussle and it's a it's tit for tat. There's a lot a lot of pressure, and they're happy being there. They're very comfortable being in that position. They know what they've got to do. Whereas other teams that are in that position, it seems like the pressure gets to them and it builds and it builds and you're just waiting for something to pop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's just that's just losing your head basically in, mm. a, in, in a tight situation, which is which is pretty easy to do, especially mm. your head's spinning, you can't breathe, things are happening so quickly, the clock's ticking down and everything seems to speed up mm. and that's when those, those sort of things happen. When you look at Cameron Smith in those situations – Always have a look at his breathing, and he's never out of breath. He's never out of puff. He's always regulating his breathing and just keeping things in check because he slows his mind down mm. in the game. Wow. 
That's, um, <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you do it. <laughs> just slow your mind down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can slow anything down, Cameron Smith. He just controls yeah. the pace of everything yeah. around yeah. him. It's like a little time warp. It's freaky. But yeah, to the escort thing, I think clearly all teams train for it. Mm. They know you're allowed to run towards the ball. They know yeah. they're allowed to hold their line. Um, and they can stop in their line as long as they're not going off their line. Mm. I think Host just got it a bit wrong in terms of you know running an angle across the ball that, that shepherded someone away from the ball, which is where he got it wrong. But clearly they're trained to to do it to run an advantage to their their teammates just yep. didn't quite get that one right um which brings us to the end of the four games uh since we're just heading into an origin decider shall we cast our minds ahead to wednesday night and to a couple of team changes and what might happen at anz stadium at about 8 10 p.m let's yeah, do it um so we'll start with the blues have only had two changes both of which were forced which is uh, the Tarek Sims suspension after David Clemmer was controversially overlooked and then brought back in anyway and then Mitchell Pearce ended up being the uh, the late replacement once Nathan Cleary failed a fitness test. Winging your thoughts on the two changes? Well I think it all just works in really nicely. Mm. Um, you know I think a lot of people were a bit disappointed to see Clemmer miss out uh, but him slotting straight in there I think is only going to add to the team mm. uh, and then Mitchell Pierce, I was actually out there for his first session uh, with the team on Thursday and I got to it five minutes late. And as soon as I went out to the field and was watching them train, it, they just, he just looked like he'd been there from the very first origin. Um, he knew his role in the team. He was doing a lot of kicking. He was playing a certain side of the field and everyone was just running off him like, uh, like they knew what he was going to do. So I don't think that's going to be... I think that's going, to be a, that's going to be a good thing for the Blues. He's played a lot of time with Maloney. And even just speaking to him after training, he had a smile on his face. Didn't look like a guy that had the weight of the world on his shoulders, which is really good. And he genuinely seemed uh, enthusiastic about this, or, uh, this opportunity in Origin. If there's anyone that actually deserves an Origin win mm-hmm. uh, at a time like this, it's probably Mitchell Pearce, given um, everything that he's been through on behalf of New South Wales over such a long period of time. And um, he's one of those kinds of players that always puts his body on the line, uh, puts his teammates first and foremost, and um, I think he's going to have a good game this time around. I feel like everyone, the, the way the narrative's going, everyone kind of expects him to either be the new Origin Mitchell Pierce and come in and dominate and have a 10 out of 10 game, or they're expecting him to just come in and completely fall apart and, and fail and cost the Blues a series. Well, I'm kind of thinking he's just going to come in, do a, a not dissimilar job to what Cleary's been doing and yeah. have a 6 or 7 out of 10 game and get yeah. through his tackles and, and, and his kicks. And, and that's all he really needs to do. It's not, it's not his Origin. He just needs to play his part. And I'm sure Freddie would be all over that. Mm. Look, just do your role play your part do your job don't miss your one-on-one tackles and everything else will take care of itself he doesn't have to win the he doesn't have to win origin there's a lot of good players on the field there's a lot of good ball players on the field and there's actually a lot of good kickers on the field as well Mm. so um, it's not all on him and um, I think I think he'll actually I think he'll do a good job yeah Yeah. I think that expectation is really unfair because I I don't think he's he's ever had a game where he completely fell apart he just happened to have to go up against the greatest team of Mm. all time for 10 series in a row basically he was I think you know he was he suffered from not being as dominant as everybody expected him to be or wanted him to be Mm. but like he he never he never choked Uh, for me I don't I never thought that he played bad in origin I think there was just a few origins a few origins that he played in that his his kicking was a little bit below par particularly fifth tackle kicks, whereas 
that pressure's alleviated in this particular team with the Blues because they've got a number of guys that can kick and I think they will be using the different points to kick from as an advantage. Um, and I think that's really going to benefit Mitchell and Mitchell's game as well. Mm. Yeah, it's not just Maloney who's such a dominant yeah. kicker, both long and short, but Cook's got a good long and short kicking game. And then you've got guys like Wade Graham and Jack Whiten who aren't yeah. in the spine positions, but they're still um, guys who are you know, genuine kicking options as well. Yeah, I really like that... Um, back down the short side kick for uh, for Whiten mm-hmm. and you've got your half shaped out the other side because it's just he can put it in the corner it's so potent the, the fullback's usually late getting across there the winger's up so that's uh, that's really easy metres and really easy mm-hmm. field position so hopefully they do a bit more of that during the game as well It means if you see something you can spread it wide knowing that if it doesn't come, come off you've still got a kicker out there who can retrieve yeah. the situation Yeah, exactly um, What about Queensland? Because a lot of the discussion post-Origin 2 was their, their forwards getting trampled on through the middle uh, I think Napa and Wallace came in for probably the bulk of the criticism they're the two blokes that haven't been picked uh, Christian Welch comes in who I'm pretty sure would have played game one had he not been hurt and would have played game two had he had a few more games you know instead of coming straight back Mm. off an injury so I think probably long overdue um, debut for him yeah just looking at their team I I feel like they're they've possibly got the potential to play a little bit like New South Wales Mm. did in game two well, obviously, um, with Norman coming into the halves yeah. and then Munster going to fullback. Yeah, so Munster can, can pop around, pop up all over the place. You've got Cherry Evans um, creating something on one side, and you get to have Norman creating something on the other side. Or they all they all sync up uh, on the same side. Um, it just really uh, gives you more points to attack from, which is effect, which is effectively what what the Blues did in Game Two, and it, they really had the Queensland defence spread from side to side and. As a result, you looked at their forwards and their metres gained. They seem to be like they seem to be run off their feet because they made next to y- no yards, mm-hmm. no yards in attack. So, I think they might go with a bit of that kind of strategy uh, against the Blues, and it'll be interesting to see how the Blues, Blues hold, the, the Blues forward pack hold up to that too. I just hope they're competitive. That's all. Like everyone expects <laughs> that. I just want it to be a good game. Like obviously, mm. I want the Blues to win, but I don't want them to win by you know. Any more than six points. I would love to see them flog. <laughs> yeah, I would love yeah. to see them flog. No, I, I'm, I, I want to be gracious game. at all because Queensland <laughs> are not gracious <laughs> at all. But but in saying that, I think look, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really really close game this one because um, Queensland are exactly where they want to be, which is uh, well, I guess in the eyes of most people, they're the underdogs. Mm. Um, they they got it up against them coming down here in Sydney, playing in front of a Blues home crowd. So um, that's when that's when Queensland are at their most dangerous. Do we go to Golden Point in State of Origin? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm calling it. It's going to be a Golden, golden Point win point. To, to the Blues. All right. Well, I'm. Uh, I think I'm the worst of the three of us with the Origin tips so far. But I'll go Blues by roughly 12 to 18 points. I think it'll be reasonably comfortable in the end without being a, a flogging. And Wingy, you're going what for a big one or yeah, 20 plus. 20 plus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping for 20 plus, but I think it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a tight game because in the first game, Queensland really they played outstanding. Yeah. You know, right across the board, and they really showed their hand. Second game, New South Wales picked the team to combat that, which really they did really, really well. I think they caught Queensland by surprise. Uh, and as a result, they showed their hand. I can't see New South Wales going too far away from the style of play that they played in Game 2. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how Queensland now counter that.
Yeah, they. I mean, they now they know what it's coming. They've they've yeah. got a, a better idea of what they need to do. But again, knowing it's coming and being able to stop, it's probably two different things. We'll find out on Wednesday night. Um, yeah. Any read email this week, or we sort of no? I forgot <laughs> to put the tweet out. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say goodbye to your loyal followers before your <laughs> yeah. mid season? I don't think. I, well, I don't. I don't think uh, we had the five hundred follower goal by. I think by about now. So officially the Twitter account doesn't exist, but I'm not deactivating anything. I'm the only one with the password. So so where are you going to? Uh, well, I'm just going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Europe, are you going to send us back a video that we can make viral the same as Gordy did? In <laughs> Dancing in Mykonos. Yeah, 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 look out for me. You guys <laughs> How good's Gordy been the last week or two? He had the nice emotional moment talking about Kevin Walters tearing up on 360 after his uh, do we see this one no I haven't no? seen this no oh they was talking about uh, Billy Walters debut and Gordy was obviously played a lot with Kevy Walters back when they were um, you know Brisbane together and Origin together and when Kevy lost his first wife to uh, to breast cancer and Gordy just saw him out everything they'd been through and, and Billy Walters sticking through it and getting his jersey from his old man he's got really teary on uh, oh, wow. on the Fox coverage I thought it was just a nice moment the old raging bull showing his sensitive side yeah. you know it's a very real moment That's well done to Gordy sensitive guy He's a sensitive, <laughs> <coin>. sensitive Queenslander. <laughs> yeah, I do like Gordy. Um, all right, that brings us to the end of the uh, the podcast. I'll uh, I'll see you next week, Kenny. I'll see you in uh, what are we three, four? You will see me in your dreams, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for joining us once again. Goodbye. See you, boys.